0: Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. You give a lot of thought to important decisions in your life, who to marry, what job to take, where to live, even relatively smaller decisions like which car to buy or where to go on vacation or, for that matter, what restaurant to go to. We give careful thought to a lot of things. But how much thought do we put into what we should pray for? Has it ever occurred to you how important that decision is? If you want your prayers to be answered, what you ask for matters. It has to be according to His will. You need to make sure you're asking for the right thing. So, how do you know what that is? How do you discern God's will? And you know for sure, I mean, if it's something that's revealed in the Bible, like it's His will for you to be holy and to be sanctified, you know that. But what about when it's not something revealed in the Bible? Like, should I pray to find my glasses or should I pray that a missionary gets them, you know? Or should I pray this or that? Uh, You know, uh, how do I know what to pray? If I hit a traffic jam, um, I don't want to spend my energy asking God to break up the traffic jam if God has some marvelous purpose in, in mind for the traffic jam existing. So how do I pray? How how am I supposed to know what will work out best? Well, with regard to those things where we don't know for sure, I would say uh, just simply ask for the thing that you desire. That's the the starting point. Just pray for your desire. God leads us through our desires. So whatever it is you desire, as long as your motives are pure, you're not desiring something sinful, uh, it's not selfish, you're seeking to glorify God and to increase your love for Him, then then, uh, uh, if you just want to say, God, give me this blessing so I can enjoy you through this blessing, that's great. That's great. Go ahead and pray for that. Pray for what you desire the most. As long as you say it with Jesus, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You need to say that and not just say it, but really feel it, really mean. God, really, seriously, I don't want this thing if it's not your will because your will is so much better than my plans. We need to really feel that because we trust him more than we trust ourselves. Uh, so when you don't know what's, what for sure what's best, go ahead and pray for what you desire. But But let me take it a step further and here's, I told you there was something new in what I've been learning a few weeks ago and to pray for me. Here's here's the part of this new thing. In the past, I would have left it there. Just so you don't know, use wisdom and then pray for what you desire. But let me take it a step further. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans 8. Romans 8. Twice in Scripture we're told to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 6, Jude 1. What does that mean? What does it mean to pray in the... Spirit, it's hard to say with absolute certainty, but I, I think we get a clue in Romans 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Very interesting verse. He says, in the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Let's think that through for a minute. It's like just process, this verse. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words can't express? I uh, I used to think that that meant, I mean, all my life I've always kind of thought of that as this intercession going on in heaven where the Holy Spirit is kind of translating our prayers so that they fit the will of God. So I pray the wrong thing and he fixes it, right? I, I, I'm praying, uh, God, please help me find my glasses and the Spirit's up there saying, uh, God, what he really means is um, let the missionary get him. Is that what that means? The Holy Spirit is just changing my prayers to mean something other than what I actually prayed? I don't think so. I don't think that's what he's saying. He's not up in heaven saying, oh, strike that, don't listen to that, Father. Here's what he meant to say. Because then it's not my prayer. It's not even my prayer. Here's what I think this is saying, and I get this from the next verse. Um, look Look at verse 27. It says... And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That doesn't sound to me like something going on in heaven. That sounds like it's going on in my heart. Sounds like the intercession happens in my heart. Sounds like what what's happening is the Holy Spirit is... Um, uh, the thing that the Holy Spirit is doing, that, he, that He's producing, is found by God the Father in our when He searches our hearts. Do you see that in verse 27? So, so the Holy Spirit intercedes in such a way that God's will is found in my heart, when God looks in my heart. I, I don't think He's saying that He changes it. I think what He's saying is when I ask the Holy Spirit for help, Spirit, help me, I don't know what to pray, He will respond by working inside my heart to will... The, the thing that God wills. He'll show me what I should pray for. He'll burden me to pray for the very thing that He wants to do. And then the Father will see that as He searches my heart. And it really will be my prayer. Is that a great promise? Is that a fantastic thing? And, le- and let me assure you, this promise is for everyone. Every believer. Every believer. Now it's not for unbelievers but but for all Christians and I want to say that because there's some people who want to restrict this verse to only people with the gift of tongues you know they take this to they see that words cannot express thing, and they say oh that's got to be tongues and and so they say, well this is only for people with the gift of tongues there's nothing in the context whatsoever about tongues, and everything in the context and all the surrounding verses say uh, apply to across the board to all Christians Romans eight is for all Christians amen. And so so, so we can't restrict this. Scripture's very clear. Not all Christians are supposed to speak in tongues. First 1 Corinthians 12, 12.30 says that. God does not want every Christian speaking in tongues, but this verse is for every Christian, therefore it's not tongues. It's not tongues. I think the point of the groans that words can't express, I think the point of that is probably you can't put it into words. This is more of a feeling than it is a reasoned line of argument. Uh, the Holy Spirit just gives you a sense that you should pray for a certain thing. And you can't necessarily put into words, why? Why pray for that and not something else? It's just a sense that you have. Now, please, we need to be careful with that. Don't we? We need to be careful because we get a lot of impressions and feelings and impulses that aren't from God. Isn't that true? Uh, Just because you have a strong impulse doesn't mean it came from God. Um if you have an impulse, impulse that would violate biblical some biblical principle or violate biblical wisdom, that's, that's for sure not from God. Um, but if I'm just walking down the street, minding my own business, all of a sudden it pops into my head that I should pray for one of you, you know, a specific person, and I just feel this sense that I should pray, um, if I do, if I go ahead and pray for you, does that violate biblical wisdom? Does that violate any biblical principle? Is it wrong? Is it foolish? No, nothing foolish about it, nothing sinful about it. I can do it. And so, and maybe I can't put it into words, why that person right now? What logical reason is there to pray for that person instead of some other person uh, that's in more trouble or whatever? I can't put it into words. I just have a sense, pray for that person right now. I think that may very well be the groaning from the Holy Spirit working in me in a certain way so that I want to pray for the very thing that God wants to do. I'll give you an example of that. That affected my existence. Uh, when I, when my dad was a teenager, he uh, he was a fake Christian. He knew he wasn't saved. He had everybody at church fooled. thought thought he was a strong Christian. Everything he wasn't, and he knew it. Uh, he was lost. One day, um, my grandfather, middle of the night, woke up middle of the night, uh, and and had just a strong sense that he should pray for God to have mercy on his son, my dad. Um, he had no idea why. Didn't know what was going on. He didn't know anything was wrong. Right. He just felt like he should pray. So he got out of bed, got on his knees, and begged God, show mercy on my son, please. It turned out, what was happening right at that moment that he prayed, was my dad was um, be- getting hit by a semi going 50 miles an hour on Ogden Avenue in the Chicago area and knocked 150 feet up the highway. And then the, tra- the trailer... Uh, Jackknifed and tipped over and landed on him. It was. They said it was a miracle that he didn't get killed instantly on the on the spot. Uh, it was also amazing that when it tipped over, it didn't kill him because it, uh, he. F- it fell so that he was right in between the cab and the trailer, a couple of feet either way, and he would have been crushed. I'm convinced that if my grandpa didn't get out of bed and get on his knees and pray at that moment, my dad would be dead and I wouldn't be standing here. He would have died at age 16. But it was in God's heart to grant him, not 15 more years, like Hezekiah, but 60 whatever plus years he lived more after that, however long he lived um, after that. God wanted to, to do that. It was in his heart to do that but it was in his heart only to do it as an answer to prayer. And so he saw to it, God saw to it, that my grandpa got out of bed and prayed by moving in his heart. When the Holy Spirit moves in your heart to request the right thing, that prayer is going to be answered. I think that's what this is saying. We got a letter a couple of weeks ago from a radio listener. Listener. Who had been uh, the victim of identity theft. Someone stole her purse, ran up all these charges, and so they, this guy said he and his wife spent hours and hours on the phone with the bank, and they just would not budge. They were trying to get them to reverse the interest charges and all. This. They wouldn't budge, wouldn't budge. Finally, in exasperation, they just gave up. So they just wrote it off as a loss. So okay, okay, well, we just, there's no way. So a couple of weeks go by. After a couple of weeks, they're sitting there eating breakfast, and the guy just says to his wife, you know what? I, I feel like we should pray again, but this time in a different way. And here's what he said in his note. He said, This time I said to the Lord, I will call the bank one more time, and if it be your will that the money be refunded, I will gladly send it straight to... And then he mentions this ministry that they support. He said, My wife was in full agreement, and he says, You can guess the rest. I have never talked to a more agreeable bank representative on the phone, especially when asking the unusual request of them sending me money. And God is good, and the $358.19 is refunded, and now it's being used in the Lord's work. See, God was ready to answer that prayer. They just needed to pray the right thing. They needed to pray that what God wanted them to pray. I think we could add a lot of power to our prayers if we just spend more time at the beginning of the prayer saying, God, what do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray here? When you're suffering. Instead of just the same generic prayer every time, God, please bring me relief from the suffering. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And instead of just saying that thing, maybe you seek God first and say, what, how do, why do you want me to pray? Maybe this one trial, you have a sense that you should really pray for relief and healing. And then there's another trial where you have this sense that you should pray hard to... Lord, let this one teach me humility. I'll, I'll, I'll take the pain longer if I need to. I just make this teach me humility or strengthen my faith this time Or and, and ask God, how do you want me to pray? What do you want to do here? And again, if you don't have any strong sense, you ask, God, how should I pray? And you don't get any strong sense. Then it's fine to pray for whatever you desire most. That's fine. That's good. Scripture teaches to do that. But it certainly wouldn't hurt to ask God at the outset How do you want me to pray? Put it on my heart. Burden my heart with something that you want to do. The application today is very straightforward. Seek to discover what God wants you to pray for. And pray for it. Ask God to move your heart. Think logically. What might God want you to ask for at this time? And whatever comes to mind, pray for that. Do that right now. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.